Welcome to the Teacher's Lounge, presented by Curriculum Track, a brief retreat from your daily routine to explore the latest thinking and practices from faith-based educators and instructional leaders from all over. Join us as we swap innovative ideas geared towards promoting your school's mission, and we'll keep the conversation as fresh as you like your coffee. We're joined today in the Teacher's Lounge by Jesse Tanetta, Program Manager for Echoes and Reflections, a content partner with Curriculum Track. I'm excited to have this opportunity to share with you the mission and resources of Echoes and Reflections and the work that they do around the Holocaust education. It's great to be able to talk to Jesse about it. So welcome, Jesse. Thanks for having me. This should be fun. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. I've just been really amazed at the depth and breadth of the Echoes and Reflections content. I know you play a pretty major role in all of that. Hopefully we'll unpack some of that today. But let's start with some high-level information for those that aren't familiar with Echoes and Reflections. I get a couple of things out of the way, just short and sweet right here at the top. Echoes and Reflections has a lot of information, lessons, units, even PD opportunities focusing mostly on the Holocaust, but it should not just be seen as a Holocaust-only resource, right? You try to do more than just focus on the Holocaust. Explain that just a little bit. Yeah. To start from the very beginning, we were founded in 2005 as this really powerful partnership. And we'll talk a little bit more about the reason for that partnership and why it makes our stuff excellent. We're part of the Anti-Defamation League, the USC Shoah Foundation, which I'm sure your listeners and you yourself know from Steven Spielberg and Schindler's List and Yad Vashem, the official Holocaust Museum in Israel. So that partnership is really integral into everything that we do from professional development, like you said, webinars, online courses, in-person PD. It also includes our resources, whether that is our units, which were all updated in the last couple of years, full lesson plans about the Holocaust, as well as contemporary anti-Semitism, as well as our student-facing resources that are new, that are exciting, whether that's our timeline of the Holocaust or student activities that are self-directed and something that we're working really hard on. And to jump on that part of, yes, we've focused on the Holocaust for 17, 18 years now, but this is really an interdisciplinary topic. It delves into the big questions that we have as human beings about living with each other, about what we can do to each other, both in a positive way and a negative way. And also something that we're focusing on coming forward as I've been a lead content writer for the last couple of years, writing a unit on genocide and teaching about other genocides and the importance of this kind of phenomenon that we can trace all the way back to thousands of years, but also is something that is happening in our world right now today. That partnership, those resources, all of them free and available and something that we really pride ourselves into being top level and extraordinary, to be honest. So you just said free. That's going to get people's attention. Do you charge for anything? And if not, how do you cover the cost of all this? Yeah, there have been some instances where we've partnered with an organization. For instance, if you have been watching the news in the last couple of months with U.S. and the Holocaust, this Ken Burns documentary with PBS Learning Media at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, we were integral in that aspect as well of building an online course. But really, we're sustained by the generosity of donors and those three big organizations that all provide money, provide resources, provide expertise, whether that's in digital testimony or providing expert resources and scholars. All of those things are supported by generous donors, 
by these huge organizations and really just from the work that we know matters and is effective and drives teachers and students to our content. That's a rich resource, and I want to get into some of that, but I want to help our listeners understand that while you're focusing on the Holocaust, which maybe the schools that we work with might have a chapter about in eighth grade U.S. history or whatever the case might be, your resources are actually designed to come alongside a lot of the topics that a faith-based school would want their students to think about. The Holocaust, certainly, but to provide a context for bigger topics, as you mentioned, genocide and other issues related to how we treat other humans. Absolutely. I know we'll get a little bit into my background and to some of the reasons why I'm doing this work, but I really find the Holocaust is that perfect mix between history and religion and faith and philosophy and sociology, psychology, all of those aspects. I think there's just so many connection points that if you're teaching in a school that's in a state that mandates Holocaust education, there's over 30 at the moment right now, how are you going to fit that into your current lessons? Or if you're teaching a class about philosophy, how do you talk about the Milgram experiment or trauma? And if you're in a psychology class, we have a great resource and consulted with a fantastic psychologist to work through a unit about how do you live after the Holocaust? How do you deal with that trauma? What does that trauma look like? And how do you cope with that? I think there's so many connection points that are not just the obvious ones. We're teaching U.S. history. We have to talk about liberation of concentration camps or we're teaching post-war. We have to talk about the Cold War. We have to talk about the Berlin Wall or those history connections. I think there's plenty of those. There's also all of those stories about human beings and humanity that are just as important and also provide really great connection points for your students to really start to dive deeply and become global citizens. Wow. And did we mention that these resources are free? Did we already mention that? I think we did. We'll talk more about that. There's a lot to get to here, but let's take the personal angle first and just talk about you. I know you are submitting some blogs for the Curriculum Track blog. I'll encourage our listeners to check that out. But tell us a little bit about your background in Catholic education and what your experience was as not only a student, but also a teacher. Yeah, like I said, my two big loves were history and faith and religion coming out of high school. And so I double majored in that. And I grew up with a mother who was a teacher and remember those long hours. And my mother cautioned me, don't be a teacher. It's hard. It's stressful. It takes a lot out of you. And so I didn't want to become a teacher. But I think when you grow up in an environment where education is so important that you're drawn to it. I was lucky to teach at two really great Catholic schools and really enjoyed that but also had this driving passion to learn more about the Holocaust. I enrolled in a master's program of Holocaust and genocide studies and had just a transformative teacher professional development trip where I was able to study in Germany and in Poland and visit some of these sacred spaces. And I think that all comes together into that. When we're studying this traumatic history, on the one hand, we want to just stare off into the darkness and into the void and really get lost in despair. And then you also have all of these other questions about who are we, right? Those big kind of philosophical questions. Who are human beings? Who are they now in light of this catastrophe? And then who is God? Where is God during it? Where is God after it? How has our relationship changed after this? when we think about all of those big kind of giant questions. And so I think that my drive has been trying to answer those questions on my own, but also hoping to lead teachers and students to be willing and also have the tools available to them to have those deep, meaningful questions and searches of the soul. Something that I've really appreciated about as I become familiar with Echoes and Reflections 
is just the commitment to high quality pedagogical practices. I think first and foremost is your effort to capture some of those primary resources, the interviews, the one-on-one -on -one interviews you do with survivors, letting them tell their story. But there's a wide range of things that you try to incorporate in your content. Would you just share some of those with us and the reasons behind it? Yeah, I think that we approach education and learning in multiple modalities, whether that is looking through a poem and trying to figure out what it's telling us, whether it's thinking about artifacts, about precious materials, precious possessions that we hold dear and trying to understand why something like that would be so important, as well as looking at artwork and song and those first person testimonies are just so powerful. So I think one of the parts is just to have those multiple modalities. I think also I like to say that whatever you think the Holocaust was, how horrible you think it was 100 million billion times worse. I think there's only so much death and despair that you can study. There's also a really important aspect of bringing in these other kind of more abstract ways of learning to help students really contemplate or even try and understand that fact of this like monumental loss. We know that it works. Echoes and Reflections did a study that was published in 2020 showing the efficacy of Holocaust education. It researched college students who had received Holocaust education in their high school experience. It showed them to be more open-minded, more tolerant, more accepting of differing viewpoints, more likely to step up against intolerant behaviors. One of the kind of biggest eye-opening aspects of that was that students also were registered as higher critical thinkers and had higher aspects of civic efficacy if they experienced survivor testimony, whether that was in person, getting to hear a survivor story, or even in the video testimonies that we have throughout all of our units. I think this is probably pretty obvious, but it's worth making the observation that those horrifying events like the Holocaust or genocide or whatever the case might be, it's easy to separate that separate ourselves from those things emotionally and think of it as another event, kind of sterilize it in that way. But when you examine personal testimonies or poems or song or artwork, you're confronting humanity at its very core and inviting students to make personal connections to some of these events has to have a profound impact on how they view it and view themselves in light of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those human stories are what helps us try and understand what a loss this was, but also to understand what's happening. Events dates, statistics, those are important when we think of 6 million Jews murdered, but it doesn't tell the story. It doesn't tell the story of looking at a diary of David Sarkoviak we have, and he talks about his mother who withers away because she continues to give her food to her children and starve herself in the Warsaw and the Luj ghetto before being deported. You don't get those stories, right? She's just one person, just one of that 6 million murdered. But to see David say goodbye to his mother and his mother resigned to the fact of death, but also completely adamant and grateful and also sure in the decisions that she made to try and save her children. Those kinds of big stories really tell us what happened and can really help us to understand it better. Yeah. So what draws you to work with Echoes and Reflection? What drew you in the first place and why do you continue to do what you do? Tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do. Yeah, I think one of the drawers is just that I firmly believe that we're the best. I think the partnership drives that. 
it's unique, it's special, and the collaboration that the three organizations have really create content that I think is unmatched. So I think on the one hand, not to brag too much, but I think that's the first part. I think the second part is just that there's a way to have this immense impact. I miss my students. I miss that ability of having 100 students a year and feeling like I can really make a difference. But in this role, I work with hundreds to thousands of teachers every single year. That growth is exponential in terms of helping teachers build their confidence, build their capacity and their knowledge and their skills in the classroom to really impact their students. My current role is a mix of exciting things. I'm the program manager, so I do a lot of the content creation. You'll see my words and my writings and my decisions of what resources we use throughout our units, which is something that I'm really proud of and it's really exciting. My big project at the moment is I'm building an online course, hope to release in the next few months, looking at justice, life, and memory after the Holocaust, as well as working on a unit that will be another one of our lesson plans will be our 12th lesson plan, looking at genocide more broadly, using different examples from genocides that happened in the 21st century. So. It's a kind of a collaboration and a kind of a smattering of lots of different things of writing, but doing webinars and things like this and being some outward facing and also driving that intellectual curiosity of research and writing too. Research, writing, content, creation. That's a fun space to be in. I want to go back to the three organizations that support the mission of Echoes and Reflections. They have a common goal and maybe you kind of state that for us, but it's basically that the Holocaust is not forgotten and that it never happens again. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to. I think we often, even when I think about, oh, why study the Holocaust? So that it never happens again. And I think that is a clear and good goal. But I also think that there's a lot of positive aspects to studying the Holocaust as well. Building that empathy and building civic responsibility and becoming those global citizens that we want our students to approach everything with critical thinking, with rational minds. I think those aspects are really important. And I think that the three organizations each kind of have their own driving agenda as well. And they all mold and impact the work that Echoes and Reflections does. The ADL is the oldest anti-hate organization in the world. It was founded in 1913 after the murder of Leo Frank, a Jewish man who was falsely accused of murder. And to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and to secure fair justice and treatment for all is the mission statement. And so that's a goal that we think about often when we think about contemporary anti-Semitism, when we try to make connections between stereotyping and conspiracy theories and the hatred that anti-Semitism largely groups together and emboldens other forms of hate. We think of the Shoah Foundation and their goal of recording testimonies, obviously from the Holocaust, but also from other genocides, from other instances of mass atrocity, and that oral archives are really sacred sites of memory as well. And then obviously Yad Vashem, the official Holocaust History Museum of the State of Israel that was founded as a government institution to remember the Holocaust, to honor victims of the Holocaust, but also to honor the righteous who risked their lives to save Jews in Europe. And so I think all three of those organizations have their handprint on Echoes and all three of them drive us to create something that is a little bit different from all three of those organizations, but have them very clearly impact the work that we do. Could we take a few minutes, just walk through the variety of things that you provide and give us a brief synopsis of what it is and maybe the problems that you're trying to address through that offering, whether it's a lesson plan or an online course or whatever it is. 
Sure. One of the great things about our lesson plans is that if you are a brand new teacher, you just started or you just were given a new class and they said, oh, you're teaching the Holocaust. Our lesson plans are step by step. They include preparing to teach the unit, some essential questions, goals, connections to standards. And then it has step one, introduce students to this concept. Along that webpage, we'll also have, here's a student handout. Here's a graphic organizer for them to fill out. Here's a testimony to watch. It has everything that you could need if you're brand new. If you're seasoned or if you're thinking about using some of our resources in another class that you're teaching and you think adding some of our stuff would be beneficial, it's modular. You can mm -hmm. pull a lesson and incorporate it into what you're already using because we know that teachers do that, right? They take the best resources that work for their class from multiple sources. In terms of lesson plans, I think that we try our best to help all scores of teachers, whether they're brand new or they're veterans in the field. I think that our major focus for the first 17 years of our existence has been in professional development. There's a lot of talk throughout the country and throughout the world about how do we get students to learn more, like our students can't read or their math scores are slipping or whatever you're hearing. The number one solution to driving student learning is to have better teachers. That's clear. The better your teacher, the more your students will learn. We've really tried to focus on how do we help teachers teach this topic that is terrifying, is hard, is, you know, just a really challenging and difficult topic to teach at all by itself, never mind all of the other things that happen in the classroom or that teachers are having to deal with. We've really focused on professional development. So that's five to six webinars a month. We've been doing webinars before they were cool. For 10 years, we've been doing webinars. We've built online courses. We built our first ones maybe four years ago at this point, and now we have six that rotate on a national schedule. We have been doing in-person professional development for 18 years now, like going out to a school, sending out an expert facilitator, and working with teachers one-on-one -on -one and directly as well. All of those kind of aspects, I think, help solve different issues within the classroom. The main driving focus of all of those has been to have better teachers, to help them, to teach them, to train them, to work with them. And also that informs our work too. We are constantly working with teachers. Our facilitators are largely either just out of the classroom or still in the classroom. And so we get that really important feedback too about what they're dealing with in their classes. And that also informs the work that we do. Cool. So the lesson plans, those are available actually through curriculum track they're available to anybody on your website go ahead and give us your website if you don't mind yes real simple echoes and reflections.org okay dot org echoes and reflections.org if you're a curriculum track user you can find echoes and reflections in the other curriculum area if you're an admin you can pull in either single units or lessons or an entire scope of the lessons that echoes and reflections provides, and then you can distribute it among the courses where it might fit into your overall scope and sequence within Curriculum Track. Contact support if you need some help with that. The PD, though, I think that's amazing to have opportunities to strengthen your teachers. If a school is interested in pursuing some PD through Echoes and Reflections, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, it's real simple. If you go on our website, there's a connect page that kind of talks about all the different PD that we offer, or they can reach out directly to me or to us in any way. I'm sure my email will be shared somewhere or on the connect page. So just email us. We're a small but mighty team, and we work really hard to connect with teachers across the country. The most simple way is to connect with us, certainly. Yeah, just reach out. A couple of things you mentioned that I jotted down, self-directed courses for students. Are those for students, self-directed courses for students? 
Yeah, there are individual lessons. So we partnered with our USC Show Foundation has a great platform called Eyewitness. Eyewitness is free for teachers to use. They just have to register for an account. And I think they have up to over 500 activities. There are about many genocides, other aspects of the work that Shoah Foundation does, as well as student activities. We released five last year. They are 20 to 30 minutes in length. You can assign them to your entire class once you register for a free account. And then you will be able to monitor your students. They have an activity that kind of walks them through something simple. We have a great one about that's actually a virtual iWalk. So it takes you through using Google images of a town in Poland. Survivor kind of talks about growing up in pre-war Poland and you get to see pictures of what it looks like today. It also allows for students to create something, a word cloud, a PSA. They create something and then they're also able to share it with their classmates and comment on their classmates' work. We know that the digital sphere, our students are always in the digital sphere, right? But maybe they don't know that the digital sphere can also be used for education. So it's a great way for students to do that, as well as building that social aspect of social emotional learning too, and having students learn from each other, which as we know, that's where the bulk of the learning comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love the technological incorporation into the learning process. I think that's really powerful. And the fact that all of this is curated and available on a website that teachers can easily find just makes it so much more useful. So that's wonderful. Well, let me ask you this question in closing. What would you tell or say about Echoes and Reflections, something that's available at Echoes and Reflections that the typical teacher might be surprised to find? That's an awesome question. I think I'll go with our video toolbox. So we've talked a lot today about our units, about our professional development, about our student activities, some awesome resources that we have. But I think I'll just highlight one resource that's a few years old, but they are our video toolbox that each video, there's five in total that are about 10 minutes in length and they can be tied to our units, but also they can be freestanding as well. They look at a very specific moments. So we have a great one about anti-Semitism. We have one that's about liberation, which you know, uses testimony from survivors as well as liberators and talking about those first moments of liberation. You know, I think just in the liberation sphere, we think often that survivors were overjoyed and relieved and that they had won, similar to the United States reaction of winning a war. That's largely not the case. A video toolbox like that, that has some good videos, that has some discussion questions attached to it. Some of that is in our units and some is in a separate spot, I think might be something that teachers would really love to use, especially if you're teaching a U.S. history course and you want to talk about liberation or you want to talk about this war in Europe, a quick video about some aspects of fighting that war and literally stumbling over these camps and not knowing what was going on. Again, back to the thread that we tried to pull into this, that it's not just for history class. I made a quick list here of courses or subjects that might be able to incorporate your content. History class, obviously, technology class. Bible or religion class could pull in some of these components, whether it's a video or a unit or a lesson, probably a variety of electives and even clubs that a school might sponsor could find this information useful. You might even be able to pull some of it into a chapel or something else along those lines. Wide range of use for these resources, which is really exciting, high quality from a pedagogical perspective. I think I said final question a few questions ago, but final question, how many schools, how many students are you currently working with? Rough estimate. Yeah, we've worked with over 100,000 teachers since 2005. We're roughly, I think our goal is to reach about 20 to 30,000 teachers each year is a rough estimate. And that reaches roughly to 
to 3 million students every year through their work. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is amazing. I just wanted to jump on the statement that you just made about religion and philosophy and sociology. When I was teaching religion, like bringing in those very specific historical examples is just paramount to having students learn about morality, about decision-making, developing historical empathy, all those things that we want students to do when we're teaching morality or philosophy or religion or sociology. You know, I think we can use these as case studies, as ways to understand, as concrete examples, so that when you're working with students and you're teaching them about morality, you're not using some theoretical question, right? You're working on just war theory. We're not talking about a theoretical about should we drop the atomic bomb? Should we be bombing German cities and killing civilians? Or should we bomb Auschwitz? Like all of those questions are legitimate and ones that were debated at the time and ones that we can learn from today. Yeah. Real world connections, that's the value combined with developing empathy and what side of the question do I come down on? That's really what we want our students to think about. So that's really powerful. Well, it's clear to me and hopefully throughout this conversation to our listeners as well that you guys are passionate about what you do. High quality. I hope people go check you out. Let us know if we can help you from the curriculum track side. Reach out to Jesse or someone else on his team if you have questions about Echoes and Reflections. But it's been an honor to have you with us, Jesse. Thank you for your time. Thank you for what you do. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. I said it would be fun and it was. So thank you so much for having me. Pleasure is ours for sure. Thanks for dropping by the Curriculum Track Teachers Lounge today. We hope this conversation helped you feel more connected to like-minded educators and provided you with a thought, an idea, or even just a smile as you seek to do all that you can for all of your students. If you found this conversation to be helpful, do us a favor and rate this podcast. Also, be sure to share it with others. We would be grateful to hear from you with any ideas, questions, or thoughts that you may have. You can find ways to connect with us at CurriculumTrack.com.